Three shots, four part, I just do two. One pup, pop four, birdie, woohoo. New driver, info, replace, M2, pop five, fairway, what you fin do? Think I'll try to get on into Start right, good line, good view, it drew. Shoot him, McGavin, two thumbs that's up high and two fingers pointed. The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Sometimes these part three look like an island. A punch ain't to keep it on dry land. At least I'm a try man. I'm up with the five and might use the trap man. I got a chat man. Last thing will boss be rated that best man. Welcome to On the Screws podcast. Open edition, final major of the season. Bryce is back. We're going to chat about it. How are you doing, Bryce? I'm good, man. I'm good. And it was, uh, I know you were playing a lot this weekend and you were, uh, traveling a bit and whatnot. You didn't get to, uh, check out the whole open, but it was, uh, it was a great tournament. And Colin Morikawa, um, wins his second major debut. So he has not played in the open championship and he won it first time there, which is, uh, pretty amazing. He credited it to kind of playing the, uh, Scottish Open and, uh, Royal St. George was no competition for him. So, uh, wh- what did you think from what you saw? What did you think of the Open? I mean, I didn't expect, what was it, 14 under? 15, yeah. 15. I expected a little lower than that on, uh, at St. George, but I mean, the weather conditions must have been good and Marco, I mean, it's his second major now and this kid's coming. I oh, yeah. Yeah. Start pouring it on, and I don't think he's going to look back because I think he has the talent and the mental game, and I think he's going to. I don't think this will be anywhere near his last one. So, so Bryce is uh, luckily we've been able to play a little bit together lately, and uh, Bryce is a hell of a lot longer than Morikawa off the tee. You're a good iron striker, but y- you've got. Um, I don't want to say you have the yips, but you have like some putting putting issues in your game um, that Morikawa does as well. So like right now he's kind of split up this. He's like playing the saw, and he's playing just like a like he's just got like a regular standard grip from anything with a lag putt, and then anything kind of inside twenty feet, he's hitting the saw. So I know you've kind of dabbled a little bit. So do you kind of draw anything from Morikawa's game? What do you think? Um, not particularly him. I mean, I'm just. Like you said, I'm not great from 100 in. It's kind of my, uh, the kryptonite to my game. But uh, I just kind of, just lately I've been fooling around a little, just trying different grips and trying different putting styles just to kind of uh, see if anything helps. I mean, I just went to that mallet. So hopefully that's going to uh, sort of help in a bit. But I don't know. It's not, not my strong suit. Xander Shoffley rolls that one too. So I know he's changed up his putting a little bit. So... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like, see, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite. Like I'm a good wedge player. I'm a good putter typically. I don't know, but, uh, like I don't change up much of my putting stroke. So, um, but yeah, let's get into it. So this week I took Spieth and, uh, second place from Jordan Spieth. So at this point of the year, if we're picking a player of the year, like John Rahm's there, obviously, but Jordan Spieth is like unreal right now. Um, in my opinion, the best player in the world, the most consistent right now. Like John Rahm is like coming on hot right now. And obviously Morikawa is always there, but uh, Jordan Spieth is just crazy. And then we had a couple Canucks up at the top of the leaderboard. So I know uh, Bryce and I are both Canadian, although he lives down in the States now, but Mac Hughes again, having a big week, Um, three players in the field this week shot four rounds in the sixties. Mac Hughes was one of them, um, which is a pretty impressive stat in a major. Uh, very, very consistent. He's like Mac Hughes is always known as one of the best putters on tour. So 
John Rahm was saying on Saturday, uh, the conditions at Royal St. George were like, he said kind of like, you know, easy or the guys were saying it was easy. They were able to fire pretty low for a Saturday of a major and they were putting the pins in like just absolute brutal spots, which really helped Mac Hughes a lot. Right. And, uh, Corey Connors was right there too. He finished up T15 minus five, but he shot a 73 on Sunday. So I know we say 73, that's not a bad round, but really like everybody was firing mid sixties and, and above on the weekend. Right. So he, yeah, uh, if you're firing a 73 and guys are putting, putting numbers up in the sixties. Like you like said, Mac, you said four rounds. You're not going to compete if you're going to uh, have a round in the seventies in my opinion. I mean, 70 maybe, but anything higher, it's just pushing it. So yeah, like just the way major championships are. And I, I was kind of watching how they were talking about, uh, they were talking like a lot about how the open is being played now. And so many of those courses, they want to leave untouched because there's so much history but the guys are just like the bunkers where they were placed to deter players from hitting the ball. The guys, they're just hitting the ball over it, like by 30 yards now, right? So, but, um, yeah, I was talking to uh, one of my buddies at home, and I was, he was like, We brought up St. Andrews. I don't know where it came into conversation, but he was like, Yeah, I don't even think they're going to play a major there ever again because it's just too short. And I was like, yeah, but you can always cut new tee boxes and move them back and this and that. So I would kind of like to see some of those traditional courses maybe venture out a little and maybe just cut one more tee box, maybe 20, 30 yards back where yeah, it those bunkers still come into play and it still plays hard and challenging. And so you can keep those courses in rotation. And they can still be tough for those big hitters. I agree because I know that there's been some conversation about St. Andrews particularly. Like they're playing there next year. I told you, like I entered the ballot. I'm hoping to go, but the same thing with the Masters. Like you got no shot almost. But uh, I know there's been so many groups that have like advocated against manipulating those courses though because of the history. But I think it's just one of those things where if you you know, on the other side of that conversation is we will never see those courses again, like your buddy's saying, right? So I don't know. It's kind of six of one, half a dozen, uh, half a dozen of the other. But um, we got to, before we move on, like the Olympics are coming up. We got to talk about the Olympics. It happens so infrequently. But uh, Bryson vs. his driver vs. Brooks. We got to, we got to talk about it. I know you love this conversation, Bryce. So why don't you know what, Bryce? You take it. You tell us what you think of the the whole situation, and uh, let's chat about it. So, like I said, every other conversation, I love it. It's great. It's awesome. I mean, Brooks just literally. I feel like he doesn't even like study course books or still work on his game after the round. He literally just goes home and says, "How can I get in Bryson Chambers' head, or how can I draw more media to this and keep this going?" And I think it's the opposite for Bryson. I think he just kind of tries to avoid it, but he just puts himself in those spots where Bryson can just, or um, Brooks can just attack him with all these little things. And it's, it's hilarious. It's very comical. Well, Brooks did say he hadn't played golf in like a couple of weeks leading up to uh, this tournament, right? So, and he's done that before, like where he takes a couple of weeks off and he just doesn't touch a club, doesn't swing, comes out, hits a couple of range balls. And then it seems like, especially when it's a major, it's the Brooks that we know, right? So, um, kind of left him out of the conversation of like the most consistent players on tour right now. But whenever a major is around, like you're always thinking about Brooks. Like he made an early push on Sunday. He got it to minus eight, and um, I believe he finished T six. Yeah, with Mac Hughes. So pretty good round um, from Brooks too. Like on a Sunday, and 
just so the the way it happened, if anybody's listening to this, I'm going to drop a clip on YouTube of Bryson's comment, and then I'll drop a clip of Brooks's comment. So Bryson says, you know, he's all frustrated. He said, my driver sucks. Down the middle of the fairway, that's great. But again, with the driver right now, the driver sucks. It's uh, not a good face for me, and we're still trying to figure out how to make it. Uh, good on the miss hits and um, didn't say like I couldn't hit the driver I sucked like he literally calls out his equipment manufacturer which then they rebuttal and say like hey look we bend over backwards for this guy like we are trying like tirelessly to make a driver that fits this guy's needs and you know I'm I've always I haven't been a Bryson advocate but I've always under like understood the fact that like he's a little bit of a different guy right but he's an incredible talent. Like he has eight or nine wins. He's won a major. Like there is no doubt that he is an incredible player, but he's weird, right? He's super weird. He's just a weird guy. And like, he's kind of quirky and he does things a little bit differently. But when you call out your equipment manufacturer that like, you know, you, you know that they're bending over backwards. He's in all these commercials. He's, you know, that he has, there's no other player on tour that would manipulate his clubs like, or their clubs like he does. And he calls them out. So you can kind of, uh, we'll see in the clip, but then uh, Brooks is having an interview talking about his round. He played really well. I think it was uh Thursday evening and says, um, or no, it was, it was Friday. Cause Bryson had made the comments Thursday evening. He says, yeah, like, uh, things are going well and you see him like start to smirk. Right. And then he says, and I love my driver. And it was just like, so I'll drop the clip in. Um, drove the ball great. Love my driver. Um, it was pretty amazing. Uh, um, and it's just good for golf, right? Like whether you think golf's kind of an old sport and, and it should be played a certain way and tuck your shirt in, don't listen to music on the course, like whatever, this is good for the game. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch and it's interesting to me. Right. Yeah, I think uh, Bryson has to be careful, man. I mean, I was I was reading an article, like it was like a like a runoff of what Cobra came back and said how they're upset in the Brendel, and I think it was saying that they had like in their like building uh, R and D kind of shop or whatever. I think they said they had fifteen staff bags full of Bryson prototypes that just never made it, and like when when. Don't quote me on this, because I don't know if that's positive, but I remember reading something about it. And like, if a manufacturer is going through all that trouble to for your needs, and then you're calling them out, making them look bad like that, I mean, Cobra can easily just say, all right, see you later, bud, have a good time. But well, there, we'll you've got to be careful, I think. Yeah, there's other... Like- there's not co- okay, so there there are not companies lining up to sign Bryson DeChambeau to no, a club deal, right? And especially now. And... Cobra's done a lot of work and they're probably one of his biggest sponsors. And yeah, I would not believe like it, it wouldn't surprise me if there is 12 staff bags sitting in a room right now, somewhere with all these faces that have been cracked because this lunatic finishes a round and then goes and hits range balls for 11 hours or something. Like you see him out there, like, you know, there's 16 year old kids at some of these driving ranges that just want to go to bed. And he's got his, like, he's keeping them up like all night so he can just hit balls on the range. So. And it's not like he's just practicing. Like, he's swinging it. Like, yeah. he is full tilts, like, full gas smoking the driver. Like, 
Olympics are coming up. Um, everybody's looking forward to it. I like it. It's like a bit of a different format. So uh, four years ago, Justin Rose won. And uh, this year it's in Tokyo. So the Tokyo 2020 Olympics we're talking about in 2021, obviously because of COVID. I'm going to butcher this one, but it's at the Kasim Igasaki golf course. And so I hate to start this off on a negative thing, but you and I were just talking about Brooke Henderson. She's uh, ranked seventh in the the female uh, rankings and stuff, which is amazing. So I'm reading an article on this course earlier today, and it says uh, like the IOC potentially or threatened to pull their license from this course and not use them in the Olympics. And I'm reading down, and it says about like the women's um, membership rights. And so I guess up until recently, like this course would not in, in Japan would not allow women to play on Sundays. And I thought to myself, like, this is 2021 and we're still having a conversation. We're bringing 60 of the best women in the world there to play golf. And they're playing, uh, they're going to be playing on a Sunday where their members aren't even allowed or haven't even been allowed to. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Luckily they lifted the ban and hopefully they don't put that ban back in place. Cause that is absolutely ludicrous. But I just wanted to vent that because we we're talking about Brooke Anderson and Elena Sharp is there. And uh, I'm a big L- LPGA fan. You and I don't get into it much based on time. And we probably should try to more. But uh, hearing that women can't play on a golf course on a Sunday sounds like it's, I don't know, the 1920s. Yeah, I find that crazy, especially because like, I guarantee you, you can tell them to put their best member on the course up against one of the females in the field and we'll get smoked. So like, Could you imagine, like, take your best member, your best, like, non-tour pro member or whatever it is, and, and Nelly Corda is just going to dust him. Like, it's not even... Yeah, it's... So, Brooke Anderson, too. So, uh, so let's talk about it a little bit. So, it's at the Kasum Igaseki. So, if you're ever over in Tokyo, Japan, maybe don't play golf there. Let's just watch it. And uh, forget about this course because that is absolutely ridiculous. But I was looking up some of the photos and stuff, and they talked about it a little bit. And um, one of the worries right now is like the the rough is like very the the course is kind of like I don't know, it's like a hybrid Parkland style, but like the rough is very low. It's like shallow compared to any of the courses that we're used to seeing them play. So I'm, it looks like it's in immaculate shape. So I'm I'm kind of curious to see what kind of scores they put up. Um, but yeah. Justin Rose won the gold four years ago, and this year we have, you know, the four Americans, like the big names. We got Shavley, DeChambeau, um, Spieth, and no, no, not Spieth, Thomas and Morikawa, yeah, so thank you. But uh, Morikawa coming off uh, the win at the Open, and um, obviously he's going to be a front runner, especially at a type of course like this, but... um, what are your thoughts? Like, who who sticks out in your mind when you're uh, looking through that list, Bryce? I mean, first of all, just on the Morikawa uh, standpoint here, if he wins this Olympics, I mean, PGA Open Olympics, that's a year. I mean, that is, yeah. uh, that's a year. But um, for guys that I like, I mean, I like Hovland. He's been playing well lately. Yep. Um, 
I think. I, mean, I like Matt Hughes even. Like, yeah. So, but I mean, he's been playing lately. He looks good. And then I had one more I looked at that was lower here. Let me let me ask you this question. So I'm, I was listening to Golf Talk Canada earlier today, and one of the one of the comments they said was, "If you're looking at any duel with any flag associated to their name, any you know nationality, whatever it is, Mac Hughes and Corey Connors may be the best two players right now." representing one country and I, I i think that that's actually pretty accurate because right away you look at like john rom justin thomas morikawa xander shoffley or sorry john rom was up at the top as the number one uh bryson dechambeau and like as good as morikawa has been like shoffley thomas dechambeau they haven't been that good recently where mac hughes and Corey connors every week like we remember mac hughes just you know, back at the PGA, right? So, um, or the US Open, sorry, and uh, kind of fell off on Sunday. But like both of these guys are elite players right now and are at the top of their game. So I would really like to see a couple Canadians there. That'd be a that'd be pretty amazing. But yeah, I'd give you one run if Jordan, if Jordan Spieth was in here with the duo of Spieth and Morikawa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like that would be. Because I think, like I was saying, I think consistency-wise, Spieth is probably the most consistent player on tour right now. And uh, obviously, like, Rom or Coward, those guys are there. But, like, Connors and, and Mac Hughes, like, they don't get as much TV time as everybody else. But, like, we're looking at so many top fives and top tens and, like, in big tournaments too at the masters at the pga championship at the u.s open like they're they're there like uh, back at the pga championship we were watching because uh because we had gus on and we were talking about uh phil phil mickelson and whatnot but like Corey connors was there right like he was in the hunt so um one of the names that stuck out to me this week though being in japan was hideki matsuyama so huge yeah exactly and a huge masters win so like I, I don't know if that's going to be incredibly distracting. Like, this guy is a absolute mega superstar. Like, we would not understand what that would be like. You, you could be Wayne Gretzky walking around downtown Toronto, and you would not even get the fanfare that, like, Hideki Matsuyama is getting in Japan right like, now. This guy's going to have guys, like, fans kicking balls into the fairway for him, and maybe, like, just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, preferred lies like I'm playing with my buddies, yeah. I think it's just really cool, like we got Abraham Answer from Mexico, like there's so many players from all over the world, and you don't really, like, when we're watching the PGA Tour, it's, it's so dominated by the US, right? So we don't get to see... All, like you don't think of all the players and their different nationalities, right? So I yeah, think it'll be just listen. Just listen to ten to twenty years. Um, I'm sorry, we'll go eleven. We'll go outside top ten. Sanjay M, Stud, Cameron Smith, um, Joaquin Nyman, Fleetwood, Connors, Derek Higo, Lowry, Leishman, um, Siwoo Kim, and then Bezen Bez- Who. Or however you say his name. Like Christian who Yeah, yeah. Those guys are all studs on the BJ Tour, and they're outside the top ten. And, just- yeah, looking at that, too, not one of those players lives in... The- oh, so we got Leishman and uh, Cameron Smith. They're both the Aussies. But other than that, all of those guys live in different countries, which is absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, Carlos Ortiz right there in Mexico, and then right behind him is our guy, Mac Hughes, right? So... Deep field, like obviously, you know, a little bit after Mac Hughes, it kind of falls off. The official world golf rankings kind of start tapering off. But 
it's going to be a lot of fun to see. And I, I like, do you have any predictions on the scores? I mean, if the rough is short and thin, like you said, guys are just going to tear that course. Yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what Bryson does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys can control where they land their ball to the yard. So you just take four or five yards off it, let it hit and roll out a little. And it's just, they're going to dominate it, but who knows? I guess we'll see. I haven't seen even a picture of this course. So I can't really talk, speak too much, but I mean, if the rough short, I think, I mean, how many rounds is it? Four rounds? Yeah. Yeah. So like tournament style, same idea. Yep. Yeah. Like it, 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 I think like, uh, Justin Rose is around, this is off the top of my head. I think he was like minus 15 or 16 back then. So I'm going 18, I'm going 18 or like 20. I'm going to go minus 23. I think it's going to be really low. I think a couple of guys are going to like flirt with course records. I think they're going to dominate this course. Like I think the, the layout was like pretty tricky, but, but now like with all the research that they have at hand, they're going there um, playing a couple practice rounds. Like everybody's probably there now. And, I think there's going to be like a couple 62, 63s on the card, and we're going to see a pretty low score. But um, before I let you go, Bryce, I know we were talking a bit off air, so we have uh, we've got to play a lot of golf recently together, and um, a little bit now uh, on our own that you're back uh, that you're back in the states. So I was telling you I shot a 78 yesterday, played a pretty good round that was with 35 putts. So I was playing this course in Ontario, uh, about an hour east or an hour and a half east of Toronto called Timber Ridge. I think it's a top 50 public course in Ontario, and it had the hardest greens I have ever played. Not the fastest. But there was the most movement in any ball I've ever seen. 35 putts. And, like, I'm a pretty good putter, man. And 35 putts. I think I had three or four three putts. And, uh, yeah, finished with a 78. So I was actually pretty happy with that, considering my putting wasn't that sharp. Um, but I'm in a I'm in a scramble tomorrow with some of the guys. But you uh, you were just as well. And you, you went low. How did it go? Yeah, it went great. Uh, we finished 59. It was 12 under. Um, wow, man! Tom, Tom Mack off air there. We uh, we tied at the top with another team, so it went to like their tiebreaker format was to go back on the uh, handicap hole. So every hole's hand, uh, the handicap it goes from one to eighteen. Eighteen being the easiest, one being the hardest, as most people know. But it went through six holes before they found a winner. So both of us birdied one, two, three, four, five. Okay. Both team. And then they birdied six and we parted. So we lost, I say, to a technicality. But, I mean, it was for charity. It was a great event. Um, we also missed a three-footer, all four of our, all four people in our group, to uh, win, I guess, now. Which is funny because I went and played with my boss, the guy I worked for. He was my partner. And after we all made, missed that putt, I looked at him dead in the eye and said, that's our tournament. And he's like, no, no, we're fine. I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it matters. And sure enough. Yeah, that's rough. Missing a three-footer, like all four of you is kind of rough, but I get it if you're out, it's hot, you're having some drinks and not really thinking. But um, one of the other things we got to touch on, and because I posted it on our, on our uh, IG account, was uh, we played last week at Copetown. Unfortunately, or the week before, we got rained out. Um, it was really rough, but like speaking of rough, that was the deepest – most 
thick rough I've ever played anywhere. Uh, the course was immaculate in great shape. So if you have not already, go out and check out Copetown Woods. Um, but we played with Chef, who's been on the podcast in the past, and your brother, uh, Blake, my cousin Blake. So um, Blake is how old now? 18? Yeah, turning 19. So he... Uh, he played Kawartha and he shot uh, 76, um, which he thought he did not play well. And my low round there is a 75 or a 76. So um, it was a little insulting to me. So thanks, Blake, for that. Um, but yeah, so he's qualified now for the uh, the under-19 uh, junior championships, I guess. So maybe we'll get... Yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll get an update, and maybe we'll get Blake on the pod. And um, I know he's not uh, he's not much of a talker, but we'll have to get him on the pod and uh, talk about how the round went, and then uh, maybe get a little feature on that one. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, um, I mean, he's a little uh, I'm not gonna say shy, but he doesn't really jump jump with the guts, jump with the gun to talk about his game and talk about things. But I'm sure we could drag him on and get some uh, answers out of him. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be fun because one of the things I like, one thing I can say about Blake and um, like, he's doesn't take his game. He doesn't take his game that seriously, but he is the best ball striker I've ever played with. So his ability to hit an iron is like nothing you'll ever see. Um, so we got to get him on. Um, I wasn't going to say that, but you're right. But he's also one of the best kids at getting in your head. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why, where he gets it from or what makes him like think he can, he can get away with it. But I remember we were playing and I was beating him by six, which is like not good. And then like, he's like, he usually beats me and then he just, he's like, don't worry, I'll beat you. And I think we had like five holes left and I just absolutely blew up. <laughs> He beat me. So. Where were you guys playing that one? That was at uh, Wildfire? That was at Wildfire. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, you and I played a match against him and Chef, and we were up, I think, like three holes after three. Uh, I think we went like birdie birdie or something. Like it was our only real good holes of the day. And then Blake uh, kind of took over. Chef was a passenger and uh, just kind of dusted us both. So yeah, I was a ghost that whole day. I was <laughs> It was tough though. Like we were getting absolutely poured on, and uh, that's why we unfortunately we haven't been able to. We do have a uh, a chat scheduled with Barry from uh, the general manager at Copetown Woods, so we'll set something up in the future. Try and get back out there and play again. Uh, might not be able to get Bryce out, but I'll definitely bring uh, Blake along. Maybe we can get Chad before he goes back or something. We'll we'll get around in there. It'll be a lot of fun and uh, try and do a little course vlog or something. And um, yeah, so again, if you haven't checked out Copetown Woods, definitely go check that out. And I want to do a quick mention to uh, our guys from Left Behind Golf because I've been chatting with them a little bit. I've got the hat on right now. I know they have a new release, the 2.0 series coming out, and uh, they're doing a monthly lefty newsletter. So it doesn't apply to guys like you, Bryce, but uh, I think I'm going to do a little column in that uh, in that newsletter. And of course, like if you're a righty, come over, check it out. It's a good community. And, um, yeah, so if, uh, if you are a lefty and you're looking for accessories and stuff like that, check out leftbehindgolf.com. Um, but yeah, in the future, we'll get Blake on. We'll talk about some, uh, junior golf cause it is, uh, something we don't really get to chat about. And it's, uh, it's always kind of nice to see golfers that are better than, uh, myself. So yeah, appreciate that. Talk about something new and get some new, uh, maybe some new audience involved. And- yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. So next week, uh, We'll set something up. I got an interesting episode coming up. Um, so anybody who knows me really well knows uh, for a while, I was actually uh, like 
playing some poker pretty competitively. So um, I like to bet, gamble on sports. Bryce and I kind of, you know, we we get into some of the uh, the pickums and whatnot around the major season. So uh, in the future, we're gonna in the next couple of weeks, we're gonna have a professional poker player on named Jamie Staples. So Canadian guy, also a golfer. Um, if you uh, if you're into playing some poker and stuff like that, so check out Jamie Staples. He's kind of all over Twitch. Um, got a big YouTube following, um, big IG following and stuff. So uh, that'll be a pretty cool, unique idea and kind of episode to uh, to see it from somebody else's perspective living in Montreal right now. So very cool. But thanks, Bryce, for uh, joining me. This was a pretty cool open uh, recap. I really enjoyed the tournament. I got to watch a lot of it. Like I probably logged 15 plus hours, maybe even more than that while playing some golf as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll chat again next week and, and get an update. If you aren't already, please check out on the screws podcast on YouTube and OTS golf over on Instagram. Always trying to post some stuff on there. Stay connected with the community, build that up however we can, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks a lot, Bryce. He's out in my ball and of course so I tee up uh, I lose the ball and I rear up I miss the fairway, I probably end up in the ocean Or maybe the beach And I'm on a part five and I'm finna go reach it Second was blind, I see it Feel like it might be an albatross